0: We are learning Daf Yudalid, and we're starting from six lines down where the Gemara says Ella, Ella Amar Mara We've been discussing the Kenyan of My mishlushan. My Lashen is when someone gives a deposit to someone else to watch, then they can go over to them in the presence of a third party and say, instead of returning the deposit to me, I want you to, to return it to this third party. And that would legally now acquire the deposit to the third party instead. And we've seen that there's an opinion in the Gemara that not only does this apply to a deposit, where it's has been and it belongs to the one who, uh, who gave it over, the original owner of it. But it can also apply to debt, which is a much greater novelty. And the reason it's a greater novelty by debt, where someone lends someone else money, is because when you lend someone else money, so then the money is not intact, it's gone. It's just that there's this abstract, there's this concept of debt. And it's very hard to, um, to be mocked at the debt. What kind of Kenyan do you have here? So when it's my Lush it's a little bit easier to understand that the, the rabbanan gave a formality of the declaration in front of, in front of these three people uh, to be effective when it's when it's alone it's much harder to understand because you're not really able to transact uh a loans in regular ways and yet rabbonim we're saying in opinions are still allowing people to, with my lashon with doing it the statement in the front in the presence of the debtor. And then the third party, they're allowing it to become transacted. So the the These following three things are considered as if they're as if we don't have a rationale for them. And yet the rabbinim still were misakin them. Again, the reason why the rabbinim were them is different from the question of why it's effective. The reason why the rabbinim are it was to make it very easy uh, to make kenyanim. Certain times you don't want to be bothered. It's impractical. But the, the, the way the actual mechanism is working is difficult. It's below Taima. One of, these, one of the, the first of the three is this issue of Ma'am and A husband who signed over all of his property to his wife. He's only making her an apotropist, someone who's watching or guarding over the estate, but not someone who's actually giving it. So this is a, a, a tremendous khidosh because seemingly... The, 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 the Rabbanon are just taking away property from, from someone who's, who's entitled to the property. So that seems, that seems odd. It seems that it really belongs to the wife. And why would the Rabbanon do that? Um, but the, again, with the reason behind this is that it's a very unusual thing for, uh, for a father here to disinherit his children. So we assume rather, the chachamim were assuming that the intention of the, of the father is really to make his wife as a guardian um, for the kids, not to actually give her everything. The third thing, someone marries off a woman for his oldest son in a home, meaning they used to have a special wedding home, uh, upon a place where the chuppah would be, and then and then and then afterwards, what's going to be with it? So we assume you know, that the that the son is acquiring the house without any ma'asekinyan. And so the concept is, is because. If the father is making it special and he loves his son so much, so we assume that even without a valid act of a kinyin, the assumption is that this is just so clear that it's being done for the son, and therefore the son becomes the legal owner of the home, even without a formal kinion. Says the Gemara. Again, this is a case of um, I have a kav of a type of spice. Um, I have it by you you're watching it for me, instead of you returning it to me, I want you to give it to a different person. And I'm telling you to you, not only in front of you, but I'm telling it to you in front of the third party as well, because that I don't want any anyone to be closer. I don't want I don't want anyone to be choser on this. And the simple understanding is that the Rav is saying, I'm telling you I'm not going to go back on my word. So the is the implication that Rav could technically go back on his word and that's why he's assuring the the Shomer that he's not going to but that's what we've been saying. Ma'amushlashan is konat, and certainly here it's Pikadun. So the verse is This is what Rab is saying, halolul nitno Nitnalakhazar. This cannot be retracted because by me giving you the instruction to return the Pikadun and Babi Babi Talas in front of the third party, it's going to be effective like it's a Kenyan, and I would not be able to be a choser. The question is, why is that a new novelty? Then Ha'amar Rab Khadazimma, Rab has said this before that Ma'amush Losha's Khanat, I'm Huna, i Rab Ravuna stated in the name of Rab. Manali If someone says you have a mana of mine to, to, to the person that he lent, even lent the money, or certainly the person that is watching his money. And he says, instead of returning it to me, return it to so-and-so. But my Lashon, if, if it's in the presence of all three people, kana, so the third party is quoted the mana. So why did Rav have to tell Rav Acha that he wasn't going to be able to retract on the gift? Of course he wasn't going to be able to retract on the gift. That's the very halacha my Lashon. So once Rav has told us the din of Maimish then it goes without saying that he, uh, that he won't be able to retract from the gift. So the Gemara answers only for the first name of Rav Avimina. I've said Hanemili Matan Meruba. Maybe that's only if it's a large gift. A mana that we've been discussing until now is a decent large gift. So it's a large gift. That's where the halacha that Ma'amich Lashrin can be Kona. maybe when you're dealing with a very small gift this is a little spice that was being watched, maybe Rob would hold that even the dialogue between the Shomer and the owner is effective even not in front of the third party. In other words, maybe you don't need the third party to even be there unless it's a significant sum. Kamashbalan Raab tells us that no. He was, he was saying he was not going to be, able, to be able to retract specifically because he was saying in the presence of the third party. And, all, and we see from here that in order for the dialogue to be binding, it has to be even if it's only a small gift. We're up to the middle of Yidal and Aleph, a little bit before the middle, where there are two dots and it says Ahu na'i. Ahu Na'i, there were certain gardeners. They made a khejbin, right? They worked together, so there were certain business, business uh, calculations they had to make. So they made a khejbin with one another. According to the cheshwin that came out, it came that one of them received an extra five history of Zuzik. So that's now kind of like debt. It's automatic debt, basically. So Amrleh, Abinu, really lamari Arah. So the other gardeners told him, they said, give the actual ones to the landlord. So this is basically the, kind of like the equivalent here of trying to get to a Maimish Lushan. Because what we're trying to say is you have our debt in your hand. And now instead of returning it to us, I want you to give it to somebody else. Give it to, this land, to our landlord. And they said this, marara. They, said it, they said it in front of the landlord. So it seems that there was an absolute Maimish Lushan. And not only that, even though we're saying Maimish Lushan doesn't require a Kenyan. The the landlord came in and he made a Kenyan with them. He made a Kenyan, Khalipin. Khalipin is that there's an idea where the buyer gives the seller a little item or whatever, a hanky, and that's an exchange here uh, for the thing which is being sold. Khalipin can work. Um, Khalipin okay, well, can work. Usually it's like the simplest Kenyan that you do. Everyone has the hanky on them. And that, and that will make the words that were said binding. So there was a and in addition, the landlord also did a So he would acquire here the debt. But what happened? Also the gardeners went. He made another by himself and to try to go over the money. And the second time he did it, he realized actually he didn't get anything extra. So he didn't have this debt that they had thought they had had. And again, his point is he doesn't want to pay the landlord. And obviously, and this is only going to emerge in a second, the reason he doesn't want to pay the landlord is that he's saying the whole thing we car was a mistake. We were transacting the debt with the assumption that there was a debt. The reality is he's realizing now that there was no debt. But he, 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 the is going to take the Gemara a little bit of time to figure to figure out that point. So he comes to Rav Nachman. So Rav Nachman said, "My lach, Rav Nachman is assuming that he was coming to argue that there was no Kenyan. So Rav Nachman says, "What can I do for you?" "Chado the Marufud Rav." "We have seen from Ravuna Rav that my Mishlashan is Kona." So "my Mishlashan is Kona." I can't help you. furthermore, so, how can Even more, he didn't act a here. There was a Kenyan. So 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 it seems that he just didn't understand the story, Rav He didn't understand. Tosef says Tezu explains that it was. Um, that there was a mistake. He was just trying to get out of his commitment to give it to the, to the landlord. And that's what he's saying. You can't. And there was a kid in it. So, Is the person saying, I don't want to give it. He's saying, I don't have it he's saying the whole thing was inaccurate, if that's the case, and even though a Kenyan was made, even though a Khalipin was made, it was made based upon a mistaken premise, the whole Kenyan you can one can retract, even if a Kenyan was made, if it was based upon a premise which was false, then nothing would happen, and therefore you could, in fact, retract. Okay, now the Gemara starts a New Shiloh here. Halacha is when you borrow money, obviously you have to pay back and you're responsible for your money until it pays back. So meaning if something you're, you, you set aside money to pay back, let's say. If something crazy happens and it's stolen and now it's gone, you still have to pay back, right? That's the basic idea. Lova's going to have to pay back until he gets it to the hands of the Malva. So what happens? If a lova is appointing a shliach, and an agent, and he's saying, I want you to take this mana and return it to the Malva, which I owe him. So now the question is, the sender, the Lova here, is still responsible for the security until it gets to the Malva's hands. In other words, let's say something, something happens here then the is going to be that the lova is still going to absorb the loss. So Rashi writes, back, so Rashi assumes, if there would be an onus which would occur. It seems that Rashi is saying that because Rashi wants to know, the, chayra, the shliach is a shomer. He's, he's guarding it, he's meant to guard it. So if he does something which is negligent, then presumably he would be responsible back to the lova. So then, so then you could, like, what's this is a moot point. So actually, he's explaining, but what if it would be something which he's not responsible for? Let's say something happens that's unavoidable. Or not. So the question is fundamentally, who is responsible here? And fundamentally, the person who's still responsible is the lova. However, okay, so that's that, that makes sense. But the Shaila is nonetheless. Once you gave it to the shliach, if you want to retract the payment, you can't retract it. Meaning if the lover realizes, he says, I gave it to him and I trust in him. And the truth is, I only have what to lose here because if he messes up, I'm still going to be liable. And I'm not so sure I trust him to get it to the Malva. So, you know, I want to tell him, give it back to me and I'll figure out on my own when I'm going to repay it. So Rav said he cannot be chozer. And the reason is, is that the, the shliach can be zocha in it. He can become a double agent. He can become zocha in the money on behalf of the malveh. And remember, a person can be an automatic self-appointed shliach uh, when it's to the benefit of someone. So here is to the benefit of the malveh, presumably, because he should get his money quicker. So it's a, it's to the benefit of the malveh that he's zocha in it for him. And once he's zocha in it for him, so therefore the, the lova is not going to be able to retract. So on the one hand, the, the lova is still responsible until it gets to the malveh. And furthermore, once he gave it to the shliach, he's not going to be able to be choser. Shmuel no, once we're saying that he's responsible for the security until it gets to the mouth of Balas or Then if he wants to retract, he's going to be allowed to retract. If he's responsible for it, he could retract it. If it's still his, then we can't say, we can't say it could be both. We can't say it's been, it, there, there's a sechia that takes place, and at the same time, um, he is, he is, he, he can't retract. It. We can't say we can't say. There's, I'm sorry that, there, that, that since there's a chiyav rather we can't say that the chiyah is taking place, and therefore if we can't say the chiyah is taking place. So then you can still retract. So the Gemara tries to understand what the variables are. What's the analysis? It seems that everyone agrees he's chiyav And is is there a chiyah? So what's the question? The machlokas says simply what the language is. What did he say? In other words, did he say the, the lova? He said, take it is taking this equivalent of saying, I want you to acquire it on his behalf. So he's actually allowing the shliach to acquire money on behalf of the creditor, and that's why he can't retract because it's a din of it's a din of schia, it's, it's understood that way, and Rashi still explains even if this is the hard part, even if it's still schia, even if it is schia, he remains liable if it's lost because the creditor didn't authorize him to send it with this shliach. So you can't shift it. Meaning, even if I'm telling you to be Zohana for him, ultimately the creditor can say I didn't tell you to do that. If I didn't tell you to do that, so you're going to still you're still going to be responsible if something happened. When you say, take this, it's not the equivalent of saying, so therefore the sender can still retract because there was no schi. Shmuel's simply saying, Shad, is that holich is not saying schi. So I told you to take it. I didn't tell you to be it. so you don't have a right to acquire it. Because if you acquire it, it hurts me. It hurts me, and I didn't tell you to do it. So that's what the Gemara is assuming. That the Machlokas is simply in language. says the Gemara, fundamentally taking is the equivalent of acquiring but the question is, if we say that here because a strange anomaly occurs, we don't say any migus here that since he's liable for the mana, he can also retract. We, that we do say the migu. In other words, the reason why here we're going to say that holich is not kischi is because presumably the, the sender doesn't want to put himself so vulnerable where he would be liable for it until, and, and, and he's still unable to retract it. So in an ordinary case where the sender is not liable for something, holich we would assume is like, for example, Rashi says, let's say if it would be a gift where there's not a question of liabilities, not it would be a gift. And I say... Take this gift to so-and-so. There the assumption is that I, I'm asking you to be zolchanet for him and then you can be zolchanet and I won't be chozer. But here the argument where even if normally we're going to interpret that it's not here you didn't mean to be Zokhanet, is because still, since I'm still going to be liable it, it's, it's a very strange phenomenon that I'm going to be liable and I can't retract. It's almost like unfair to the lovah. So that's why we assume that he meant not to be zolchanet to allow himself to still retract. That's the machlokas and the umden of understanding the language. But Again, Rav's opinion is no, that we don't say that migu, and therefore he's still liable because the creditor didn't tell him to do this. But but it's as if he told him to be the shliach to be zolche, and that's why um, he cannot he cannot be chozer. (laughs) Tana Kavazi the Rav, the Bricev says like Rav, holyk when a someone sold his shliach. He says, take this money to someone so that I owe him ten money. The punisheni chayiv or give this instead of saying holyk, he says ten. That I owe him or take this mana that has been deposited by me, return it, or be give. So and so, money that's been deposited by me. In all these cases, So the sender is responsible for the for the security till it gets back to the owner. Nonetheless, if the sender wants to be for the money before it's given, he cannot be. So that's exactly what Rob said. However, the Gemara challenges. If it's a case of Pikadon, how does this make sense? When it's was the first case, is to be paying the loan, that's good. But Pikadon, if it's a deposit, let the sender tell the Shayach, it's not the Pikadon, it's not the um, the one who deposited, he wouldn't want that it should be in someone else's hands. Meaning to say that when you give money and the money is meant to be used and you just owe me debt, so then I can't tell you necessarily how to pay it back. We pay it back, we pay it back, but when it belongs to me, you are shomer on my thing. You're not allowed to give it to somebody else because you don't know that the that the person who deposited by you allows that. He 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 agrees for you to watch it. He didn't agree for somebody else to watch it. So the agent should be obligated to return to return it back to the sender. Right? The, the halacha is that a shomer is not allowed to give a, a something he's watching over to another shomer. So how could this every case ever make sense that you're giving it uh, over to the shleach to return when? The depositor, we don't know, would allow that, and therefore the, more, the right thing to do would be to re- actually return it to the Shomer. So the mar says, We're talking about a case where the one who's watching it has been established to be a liar, <laughs> meaning this is a bad guy. So this is absolutely clear that the depositor would want it out of his hands and into the Shliach. Now, as normally the assumption is meichat you trust somebody else. But here, where the guy is already established to be a liar, he denies the claims or whatever that he has. It certainly that's what the depositor would want, and therefore, um, it's not going to be returned to the first shomer. Says the Gemara's story, (laughs) He had a debt that was owed to him from cloaks in Mechuzah, meaning he had sold cloaks and and credit, and people who bought the cloaks owed him money. And the debt was in the town of Mechuzah. He says, he was going to Mechuzah anyway. So he says, when you go back to Mechuzah, bring me back my money. So Azar went there and he met with the, with the debtors that owed him the money. And they gave him money. And then Amr they said, actually, let's be Kona from you. Meaning, let's make a Kenyan Khalipin to release us from any liability that will happen when you're returning the money. They wanted to do an act of a to take the Akhariahs for what would happen and would go on to him, the shliach, instead of on him, the debtor. So said, yeah, I'm willing to do that. he avoided doing it. So he left, but... He left with Zechariah still being on them. Because remember, the debtor will still be responsible if anything happens. So And he came all the way back. He told the what happened, that he had thought to make a Kenyan debt to absorb the, the risk of liability. But Lomaisei, he didn't. So Amalei, Fshishas said, you did smart. You didn't make for yourself. malva. A borrower is a servant to a lender. Meaning, you never want to be in the, in the position of a borrower. So if you would have accepted the liability, you basically made yourself volunteer, and a volunteer to, to make yourself into a into a borrower that would not have been smart. A different lesson is he says you did smart. The borrower is the one who's the servant. So meaning any risk should be on them. They're the ones who owed the debt, right? Why you're just a nice guy over here, the shleach, to return the debt. So why in the world would you would you absorb such a risk? the son of had a silver clea which was deposited by a shomer in Nahardah. So he was the owner of the kli and someone in Nahardah was watching it. So, the Abdusayb Rabbi Yan and Rabbi Yusra Kifar, he told Abdusayb Rabbi and Rabbi Yusra who were going to Narda anyway, he said to them, How do you do? Asrin when you go to Narda, bring me back my khalif from there. Also, Yavin they went to Narda, and the shomrim gave him the khalif. So, Ahmadullah, the shomrim said, Nikdin luminai, can we be corner from you? Let's do a khalipin that would transfer the risk of liability from us to you. Ahmadullah, the rabbanin said, No, we don't want to take the responsibility. So, Ahmadullah, the shomrim said, Adrin alayh, so then give it back to us. So they're saying, wait a second. If you're not going to accept it, so then we don't want to give it to you to take back to your friend. We want to still keep it. Rabbi Yane, Rabbi Yane said, okay, no problem. I'll give it right back. Rabbi Stoiber, Amalouin, alone. He said, no. Why? Because that's exactly what Rabbi said. That once you gave, over, gave it over to the Shliach, then, then we could assume Holich is and therefore they were already being Zocha in it, and that now it makes that the Shomer cannot retract. And in this case remember he, he had instructed these rabbis to bring it the the, the owner so therefore the shomer can't say that oh uh, the depositor wants wa- wants the clee to remain by us in this case it wasn't like that the, the depositor had, had had made specific shlichem to go pick it up so certainly the holy should be should be here and at once they gave it holy chizchi, they were already it for the custodian for the for the for the owner rather so therefore we're not being, being making a of Khalipin to absorb the risk, and we're not going to give it back to you. That's the technical halacha. So the showroom started to hurt Rabbi Yosef, keeper. Right? They tried to force force the cle back out of his hands. So then what happened was they were doing it. They said, Rabbi Dusai, Do You see, what Reb Yosef keeper is doing. Look, Rabbi, look at what the other rabbi is doing. Rabbi Dusai said, go hit him, go beat him harder. So one rabbi managed. You know, he threw his friend under the bus when the Rabboni got back to Rabbi Achim, Rabbi Ushia, Rabbi Rabbi said to Khazimar, look at what this guy did. You're not a friend. Not only Yisrael, did you not help me, You told the Shoyimim hit me harder. Like what kind of friend are you? Rabbi said to what's Why did you give in to these people? So he said because they're scary people. i am There there are many Amas tall literally one Amma, but it means that they're very, very tall and their um, kova'an, it's like their hats, whatever, are an Amma tall, meaning that they wear very, very special, intimidating clothing. And they speak whatever they want, meaning they, they, Rashi says their voices are so deep that, again, it makes it extremely intimidating to deal with them. And their very names are very scary. Arda, Arda, Apili is the people who, who leads them. When they say it, tell their servants to tie someone up, Immediately, the servants get up and, and tie him up. Um, and if they say go kill somebody, they kill him on the spot. If they would kill me, if they would kill me, who would give Yana, my father another son like me? So, I mean, he's trying to say maybe the halacha was like us, but we didn't want to start up with these guys. These guys are scary people, dangerous men. He said, Do they have something to do with the government as well? just pushing the conversation further. Amuleh the study said, yes, Isham Sussum, do they have horses and mules that run behind them for their own honor? Amuleh and yes, they do. Amuleh, if this is a scenario, you did proper. The person's got to do what he's got to do to protect himself. Even if it means throwing his friend under the bus, and uh, even if it means sometimes, you know, not being a good shuliach with your friend's money, giving it back, and that wasn't what the, the owner of the kli wanted, sometimes you got to do what you got to do to protect yourself. All right, now we get back to Holi Kisri. Person said, Holech He gave his shliach a mana, he said, Give the mana to so and so. And the him say that they, we're talking about a case not here of a debt, we're talking about a case of a gift here. So it's just simple, Holech nothing, nothing more complicated that we want to understand. But the, here, the, the variable that gets complex is, the shliach goes, he tries to find the recipient of the gift here, of the mana, but he can't find him. Why? He died. That's the issue. He's gone. So the question is, what, where does the money go now? Now that the intended recipient is not present to receive it, where does the money go? What should the shliach do? Tani, the one who writes, the money should be returned to the sender. Tani, another price says, the yarshim of the shi'ashacholo should be returned to the yarshim of the person who died, to the one who was sent to. What's the root of the dispute? Let's say they're arguing about the following point. The one who says that it goes to the Yarshim, he holds that if I tell someone to take this, that's the equivalent of saying, be it for him. So what happened was the Shlech was it. He acquired it on behalf of the recipient. So now when the recipient died, it was, it's, it's money that he, uh, he already had at the time of his death. Therefore, it should go to the Yarshim. Mar-sava, the one who holds that it's returned to the sender, what is he? Hold, Holich, Holich is not the equal to saying Zocha So therefore, there was never a kinyon which the Shiachan made on the recipient's behalf. So whose was it still? It was still belonging to the sender. So if it didn't go to the, to the recipient because he had passed on, then it should be returned to the sender. So the root of the Shailah should be of Holich kisli. Says the Maravach or and we don't really want to say that. And here it's interesting. Before on the we tried making everyone hold Holich is Kisli. Now we try to say everybody holds Holich is not everyone could agree in language generally saying take something is not equivalent of saying acquire it and again, the shliach can't do himself against the will of the instructions of the person giving it. That's for sure. So the shayla is, it, it's just what did he tell him? So now we're saying, is not So why would someone say it goes to the arshim? V'lo kasha ha, the bright says it's returned. It's talking about a healthy person. Healthy person, there's never been a kinyin, so it's going to return to the sender. Ha, bishchiv The one that says that it goes to the arshim, is dealing with a shchiv A seriously ill person, we've seen already, we, 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 that we waive the need sometimes to make it So why? Because the whole thing is that we know he wants his instructions to be, to be carried out. So when the Shrimera gives it to an agent and he says, we, are, we, he, we assume he wants the gift to be chow immediately. And therefore, we assume he specifically means that the Holy should be like a schri. So by a schri, we'll assume that the schri happened, and therefore, when the recipient passed on, it goes to his Yarshim. But by a bari, we won't assume that's like that, and therefore, Holy, and if the recipient passed on, then it would return to the center. Says the Gemara, different shot. Both prices are going to be talking with yet still one opinion is going to say it goes back to, this, to the sender. The price that says that it goes to the Yarshim is where the recipient was alive at the time the money was handed over to the Shliach. So the Zechia worked, meaning at that time he was alive. He just passed on before the money was able to reach his hands and that's why once he, he acquired it, it will go to his Yarshim. But the price that says it goes back to the sender is the lace in the Kabbalah. It's a case where the recipient was never alive at the time the he was handed over to the shliach, so therefore the shliach was never able to make a kinyan on his behalf because you can make a kinyan on behalf, but you can't make a kinyan on behalf of a dead person. Now it's interesting, you know, you could have you could you could have many different angles on uh, why you can't make the shliach on behalf of a dead person. Rashi says, This person, the sender, didn't know that that the, the recipient was already dead. Nimz is of batos. Therefore, when I told you to be Zochanit for him, it was all through a mistake. I didn't want it to give it to this kids. I wanted it to go to, the, to him. So, therefore, I, when I told you to be and I only told you to be Zochanit because I thought he was alive. Now, it's interesting that Rashi comes on to that. Why does Rashi have to come on to that? Tell us why can't you just say much simpler that you can't make a Kenyan for a dead person, right? What, how does the whole Shriya work? The Shriya works that it's like you're a Shriya for him. He's dead. There's nothing to be a Shriya for someone who is dead. How does that make sense? Rashi doesn't say that, or you could say it different. How could he acquire something if he's dead? Another Nasachal, the way of saying it. Rashi doesn't say either of those. Rashi says that the nikuda is, it's a mistake. Like I died to the Halki, I wouldn't have told you to make this liya because I thought he was alive. In my if he was dead, I wouldn't have told you to should make this liya. Therefore, it's a mistake and it goes back to the sender. Then the Gemara gives yet another reason. Papa Mahavavari, we could say both are talking about a healthy person. We're, we're so holy, we're going to be giving it to the Arshim. And the price that says its return is where the recipient died during the sender's lifetime. So meaning what happened is the instructions became valid during his lifetime. Uh, himself, hadamis in b'chayim akabel. The other bris that says it goes to the ashram is where the donor, the one giving it, give the gift. He died first. Only then did the recipient die. Therefore, what? What's the point? At the time that the donor, the, the, the died, his instructions were still valid. So what we're introducing is a whole new variable, which is that there's a mitzvah l'kayim diber The instructions that that were alive, that were relevant at the time that a person. Dies are meant to be carried out after his death. So here where the donor died first, so we say at the time that he passed on, there were these instructions which at the moment of his death were still relevant because the intended recipient was still alive at that point. So therefore, we have a mitzvah, and therefore that's going to make the kinyan for the recipient. Really interesting stuff. Even if Hol the cheslav but the fact that at the time that the donor died, it, 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 there's now a mitzvah, so that makes the kinyin. So it's time he's alive and, and the instructions are just you know uh, pending. And then... And then the recipient dies, so it should be returned. But here, where the, where the donor passed on before the recipient died, so now it's a new din at that point, point. and therefore, even without we're going to assume that the kidney should go through at that point. the It says, Let's say this issue is really again, we've got this case, we keep on talking about someone gives uh, and he says, I want you to take this to so-and-so the shliach goes. He's looking for the recipient. He can't find him. He's already passed on. So the the money should be returned to the sender. What if the sender died? the money then goes to the yarshim of the sender there are other people who say no it should go to the yarshim of the person that it was sent you there's a mitzvah to fulfill the instructions of the deceased therefore it goes to the yarshim of the recipient it seems exactly like the opinion that was just said that, that since we don't know what to do we should split it meaning if the sender is still alive he divides the money with the yarshim of the recipient and if the sender died so his yarshim Yarshim, divided with the recipients, Yarshim. We'll explain this. all these views. The Kahn, the said, the Kahn should do whatever he wants, meaning he should give the money to whichever party he sees fit. So what does it mean he sees fit? So there's different ways. This is Shuda. It's like, you know, when you say it's left to the... To the to, to the subjective view of the shliach here, so meaning you see how generous the sender was when he gave it. So if it was given in a very generous spirit, or maybe he liked the he knew the yarshim, he liked the yarshim of the recipient. There we assume he goes it goes to the yarshim of the recipient. But otherwise, it should be returned there was a story that happened through me. I was such a shliach in this case, and I brought it Hollik and I found him dead. said returned to the So all these different views on what happens here on Monoplone, and then you find that the recipient's not alive anymore. So my lab Tan said it goes back to the sender. He holds healslik'snas, so there was never a Kenyon. It was made on the recipient's behalf, and therefore it goes, it goes back to the sender. Ryakov, who said that if the sender died, it goes to his Yarshim They also hold the islav kisli. But they're talking about, they're adding an additional point. I forgot to miss, even though the sender died while the recipient was still alive, still, lo, <inaudible> no, We don't say Mitzvah <inaudible> makes it that it was a uh, kilo for the recipient. We, and that's what they're adding, that even if the donor died, before the recipient did, it still goes back to the sender's Yarshim because we're not going to say Mizlekandere Mes. The and the Yeshimim who say that it always goes to the Yarshim of the recipient, they hold Therefore, when the agent was given the money, he made a kinyon on behalf of the recipient. So therefore, the Yarshim of the recipient will get it when the recipient dies. They said, Mitzvah of a kind of So they're saying really So as long as the sender was alive, the money should be to him. But if the sender died and the recipient was still alive, so now he, we have a mitzvah of a to of So that will make it as if it's a Kenyan to the to the. Um, to, to, the, to, the, to the recipient, and when he dies, they should go to his Yarshim. They don't understand, they're a Suffolk about both issues. They don't know if, and they don't know if you say, So, in either case, whether the son is alive or he's, or he's dead, it's a question of him or his Yarshim. Either way, you're going to split the money. The In Babel, they said that what should happen, the Shlia should do whatever he wants, right? He should subjectively decide how generous the the donor would have been. So shuda Adif, he also has a suffix. But instead of leaving it to Yachloku, when you have a suffix, rather, he says, better thing to do is just leave it to the discretion of the agent instead of splitting it 50-50. Reb Shimon HaNazi, the last one, Shimon was telling us there was an actual anecdote where it happened, like we ruled, like Reb Nasser and Rabbi Yaakov. Okay, great. So very clearly, we seem to have proven that Holech Kischi is a Machlokas Tanoim. Holech Kischi is a Machlokas Tanoim um, here on on our hands. Now, the Gemara says, not necessarily true of but lo if it was a Bari everybody would agree that holich is not kesli. You, know, you know, we're dealing with the price of shrimirah. It was a shrimirah. Shri so, Pashas, he would say it's a kenyan. If you hold of, a... so then as soon as I say holich, even without kesli, it should be automatically nicked into the recipient. But the issue is, not everybody holds, you're arguing in the, in the dispute in blood and the We learned in Mishnah. Someone who's giving over his property. Just through oral instruction without proper kinyan. And his deathbed, Sarah so, Blazar says, whether right now he's healthy or dangerously ill, the words are not a kinyan. Only if it's property, real property, the only thing you can do is with money or a document or chazaka. If it's movable as an you have to do mashikha. If the person is sick, then the real property and movable property are automatically acquired uh, through just the words uh, that the father used. There was a story with the mother of the sons of somebody named Rocha. Rocha was the father. The, the woman was very sick. She said. She said. My might my, my, my sort of like pin like a jewelry should go to my daughter. The name was her it's worth 12 months. And then the mother died. She hadn't yet given it to the daughter. Upheld the mother's words. So what do we see? That the instructions. You're dealing with the sons of Rachel. Their own mother should bury them. Meaning, how can you mention them as a raya from something that happened? They're just not good people. They're, they're Risham. So what, like... Like what, what what do you what are you Bakhl you, you know bringing out over here? So 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 the we have a machlokas if it's different Shimira hold it is and our bloods are holds they are not. So now we're saying that the case in the bride before Holy Kwan was talking about a mirah. Normally, if it's a healthy person, all it is naki'shi. dealing with a shlimira. Tanakamik Rebblazer. Tanakamik, well, that is returned to the sender, just like Rebblazer. That we don't say different shlimira or chosim kichsuv and dami. Therefore, it should be returned to the sender. Rebblazer, 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 Rebblazer. Also, like Rebblazer, but they address a following point that even when the sender died, Avukav the Miz, Lo Aminu Zvukav Even when he actually died, we don't say Mizvukav the Miz, and therefore it goes back to the yarshim of the sender. The issue, um, that it always goes to the recipient, kabbalna. That's like the rabbanon that. Already a Kenyan with the words. He held that fund, when when the sender is still alive, it goes back to him. But when the sender dies, then then not because. He doesn't. He holds like Rabbi Lusser that the words of the Shemir are not Kechsurim <laughs> or but hey If he died, now we say That's what makes it Kona to the recipient. They have a suffix on both issues. They don't know if they're a shemir and they don't know if we say that we say the Shia does what he wants. They also have a suffix. What to do? But they hold that the Shuda is a diff. And here the last point. Is just uh, informing us the story. Let's just finish up a little bit. By the way, we have a suffix when we say, Reb Shimon HaNasi, who is this? Reb Shimon HaNasi, Nasi, who? Was he the actual Nasi referring to Shimon who was the Nasi? Or maybe he was just saying over his opinion in the name of the Nasi. That's why we're getting a little bit confused because normally we know Reb Shimon Leo, whatever it is, but Shimon HaNasi is a, is a unique name. So therefore, we're trying to figure out was it him himself a Nasi or was he saying over for the Nasi? Tashmah, the Reb Shimon HaNasi. It's Mashma, that was his name. that's says, Maybe it just means he said, Over for the Nazi, take who we do not resolve. Gufa, Amra, Yosef, Halach, Ripshim, and Hanasi. Halach is like Ripshim and Hanasi. Wow, so what does that mean? I was a story here that we we're returning it back to the center. It's all, vishram, masur, 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 now that we interpreted that the case was, it was a shlimer. I said it that makes the gemara nervous because we paskin not like the rabbi Lassar, We paskin to So why are we returning it to the arshim of the sender That's a contradiction. Says so Yosef the said not like the gemara suggested, we're talking about a shlimer. If Yosef held like the first interpretation of the gemara, that we're talking about a regular healthy person, and the issue was if we say or not, or if we say or not. So therefore there's nothing there's nothing here about it slipping around it says should we go back to the Yarshim of the sender. So what does that mean? That means not only does he hold Holiklav Kasli, but even if the even if the sender died in the lifetime of the recipient, we're not going to say Misilakam Devram The problem is So it's still not going to shift. Even when we say it's Bari since we passing how can it be returned to the Yarshim of the sender? If you want to say to return to the sender if he's still alive, Holiklav Kasli, that we could hear. But to go back to the Yarshim of the sender, not only are you saying Kasli, you're further saying that we don't hold mitzula and we hold mitzula So like says we change Nazi statement. Yavshu Misha Return it to the sender. Meaning, the story. Only thing we get out of evidence is that if the sender is still alive, you return it. But in a Chanami, if the sender, if the sender died, and now the issue is whether or not we say mitzvah there. The actually would be that we go to the recipient and his side. It would not go back to the Yarshim of the sender. Adru allah Perak. I get.